Dean Allen grew up in Pocatello, Idaho, and served a mission in the Tempe, Arizona mission. He earned a bachelor's degree in computer science and a master's degree in instructional design. Dean worked as a senior software engineer for 14 years before coming to work at BYU-Idaho, where he has worked for 21 years. Dean and his wife, Becky, have been married for 36 years. They have four children and 10, almost 11, grandchildren. He has spent his life serving in various callings, working with the youth, young adults, and married students. He has held callings as a young men's leader, counselor in several bishoprics, high counselor, and bishop. Dean was recently released from serving as a state clerk. He is now happy to be back with the youth, teaching the 15 through 17-year-old Sunday school class in his ward. For several years, he has enjoyed working as a temple ordinance worker. Dean's favorite hobbies include staying alive outdoors, especially in the mountains, and spending time with his family. I'm so grateful to be here with you today. As I was reviewing Sam Nelson's devotional and the many comments found on the devotional discussion board from last week, I felt a great sense of gratitude for all the sacrifices from the saints that were part of the translation, protecting the translation, and publishing of the Book of Mormon. Because of those sacrifices, we have the Book of Mormon today and can enjoy the spiritual blessings it provides to all the world as a sec second witness of Jesus Christ. Thanks, Brother Nelson, for laying out the historical process and helping us understand all the wills that were in motion to make the first publication successful. I would also like to thank you for the comments shared on the discussion board for today's devotional. I was uplifted and was blessed as I reviewed your thoughtful comments. Let me share with you my thoughts. As I was leaving the locker room after ninth grade football practice, a friend and I was challenged to take a home economics class. Being told we had failed the class, our pride kicked in, and we accepted the challenge and signed up. We learned about cooking, baking, and sewing. Since my friend and I were the only boys in the class, <laughs> the teacher put us together knowing we'd be distracted if we were put with a group of girls. I remember that we got the highest score in baking and sewing. Excited, I decided to show my, gr my grandfather my sewing project, a duffel bag, who I, who I was close to. He laughed and then he told me a story about when he made a dress for my grandmother. He was told he could not sew, frustrated. He decided to prove them wrong. So he got the materials, sewing tools, and an old dress of my grandmother's for a pattern and started the project. He completed the dress and everyone was impressed until it was washed. The seams bubbled and the dress didn't stretch correctly when Grandma put it on. Even with the pattern and the correct sewing tools, his efforts failed. Why? There were some simple underlying concepts like how materials should be cut and sewn together that he didn't understand. We can have a good pattern that we have applied in our lives, but it may not get the results we would like because we're missing some underlying knowledge needed to get the full benefit. Patterns are integrated in our lives everywhere. The Lord used the word pattern in a revelation given to the prophet Joseph Smith. And again, I will give unto you a pattern in all things that you, might, that you may not be deceived. Patterns are repeating steps, guides, templates, direction, or paths. 
and if followed correctly, lead to a successful ending. However, just like my grandpa, we may need additional information, guidance, and understanding for patterns to work correctly. In 1 Nephi, chapter 8, Lehi shares his vision of the tree of life. Lehi saw several groups of people who were pressing forward that they might obtain the path which led unto the tree of life. These were people that had accepted the gospel, had repented, were baptized, and had received the Holy Ghost. Each group responded differently in different ways to develop patterns that would get them to the tree of life and keep them there or that caused them to fall away. Just like the people in Lehi's dream, we are on a path seeking the Savior and eternal life. What choices are we making and what patterns are we developing in our lives to keep us on the path to obtain the tree of life? Let's look at, a at the different groups of people in Lehi's dream and see how we relate to the patterns they used. The first group found and started on the path. They accepted Christ in their lives. But there is no mention of the rod of iron in this group. Even though they believed in Christ, they didn't create patterns that would lead and strengthen them in Christ. They didn't grasp the iron rod. When the mist of darkness came, they wandered off and were lost. This might look like not wanting to go to church, not wanting a calling, too busy to read the scriptures, feeling it is too inconvenient to pray. This group didn't use or create patterns to keep them focused on Christ and their covenants. The second group clung to the iron rod and made it to the tree and partook of the fruit, but when mocked or persecuted for their beliefs, they were ashamed and fell away. It could be that their pattern was to partially commit, occasionally read the scriptures, say their prayers, and were not intentional in doing the necessary spiritual work to have the power to overcome the temptations and philosophies of the world. This group may or may not have lost their faith, but the opinions and activities of the world were more important than taking responsibility for their relationship with the Lord and the covenants they had made. The third group held fast to the rod of iron and partook of the fruit. This group didn't just cling, but held fast. Holding fast means to know our purpose and be tightly secured. They were not confused by the philosophies of men. They intentionally built the patterns that would protect them and give them purpose and understanding. They looked to the scriptures and prophets to guide them and keep them on the straight and narrow path. This group's purpose was to know and follow Jesus Christ and return to Heavenly Father and feel His love. Each person in these groups made choices. Choices made without commitment to a long-term purpose may take us to places we don't want to be. The Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland said, if you don't know where you're going, any road can take you there. Without the restored Church of Jesus Christ and its teachings, we may be like Alice and not know where we are going nor which road to take. This world has many roads. Some may look enticing, others scary, and many we don't know where they will go. However, we as members of the Church have many resources that will help define our purpose and the direction we should take. Using these resources such as the Atonement of Jesus Christ, Prophets, Scriptures, General Conference, Temples, Sacrament, and the Holy Ghost, to name a few, will help guide us to, 
and keep us on the correct road during both the ups and downs of life. These resources are some of the underlying elements that allow spiritual patterns to be successful. I've spent some time studying leadership principles and learned that the value of having a purpose or mission statement. A mission statement is a formal statement of the aims and values of an organization or individual. The mission statement clarifies purpose and determines a long-term direction. It is a guiding star in all decisions and actions. You came to Earth with a mission, a divine mission. With the help of your Heavenly Father, you can define your mission and create patterns that will keep you on the correct road as you move through the different phases of life. In a speech given at BYU, Stephen R. Covey taught how to create a mission statement. He said, Let the Spirit guide you for a sense of your gifts and talents. A mission statement is something you discern more than you invent. Seek God's Spirit and take initiative to know your premortal calls. Seeking God's Spirit and taking initiative to know your premortal call is using personal revelation to understand your mission in this life. I believe personal revelation is the only way we can understand and define our mission and gain that underlying knowledge that will allow us to develop successful spiritual patterns. President Russell M. Nelson gave us a warning. He said, But in the coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. He then goes on with a plea. I plead with you to increase your spiritual capacity to receive revelation. Choose to do the spiritual work required to enjoy the gift of the Holy Ghost and hear the voice of the Spirit more frequently and more clearly. President Nelson warns us that to survive in the coming days and years, we must have the influence of the Holy Ghost in our daily lives. He has asked us to do the spiritual work required to have the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost and to hear His voice frequently and clearly. This is personal revelation. Joseph Smith taught that no man can receive the Holy Ghost without receiving revelations. Revelation is necessary to define our mission and create patterns that keep us close to the Spirit so we can have the knowledge needed to keep us on the road leading back to our Heavenly Father. So how do we receive personal revelation? <laughs> this is a good question, and I would like to share a couple of stories that will show some elements or patterns that are often seen when personal revelation happens. However, I want to express that I cannot define a specific way we receive revelation. These are sacred experiences between you and your Heavenly Father, and they will come in various ways. In the story of the brother of Jared, we can see these patterns. After the barges were built, he recognized he didn't have the light source for their trip. He then took the problem to the Lord. He asked the Lord for help, and the Lord told him that he couldn't have fire or windows. The Lord asked, What are you going to do? How many of us have taken a problem to the Lord and felt we didn't get an answer when we wanted the Lord to solve our problem? The brother Jared didn't get the answer he wanted. The Lord wanted him to grow as he wants us to grow. First, the brother of Jared had to go back, research and study the problem, work out what he thought was the right solution. Second, he finally came to a decision and acted. He went to the hills and he made 16 small stones. 
He then took the stones to the Lord, and with humility and knowing he had done his best, he asked the Lord to touch the stones. Third, he had confirmation of his faith to act when the Lord touched the stones. Note, he didn't have confirmation until after he thought through the problem, made the decision, and acted. From the story, we see a pattern for personal revelation. Let me review them. First, we should study it out. Anything that is important and we feel we need help with, we need to take the time and study it. As we study, we may find we need to wrestle with the idea in various ways, contemplate, experience some life lessons, and keep it in perspective with Christ's teachings as part of the process. Second, we need to make a decision and act. If we studied it out and have a good feeling on the direction we choose, then we can confidently make the decision and act. Third, we will receive confirmation that our actions or answers are good. The confirmation often comes while acting or after we have acted. Revelation comes in small increments over a period of time, so will confirmation. If we are open to the Spirit, we will know if we have chosen right or wrong and can make corrections as needed. A caution. The Lord's time is not our time. We need to be patient and persistent as we seek personal revelation. Let me share another story. A new bishop was nervous because he had no training in counseling, and a young man was coming for counsel with some serious issues. The interview started with prayer and some casual conversation. Then the real topic was shared. The bishop's mind went blank. He looked down at his hands momentarily, and as he was looking back at the individual concerned with what to say, he saw his new journal on the desk with a spiritual nudge. Now, I believe a spiritual nudge is the still small voice that inspires thoughts and promptings. The bishop stood, picked up the journal, crossed the room, and sat next to the young man. Still not understanding what he should do or say, he handed the journal to the young man. As the young man said, thank you, the bishop had another spiritual nudge. He remembered why he had bought the journal. It was to record his positive thoughts and promptings so he could be more aware of the Spirit and how to become better. The bishop then proceeded by giving the same instructions to the young man and asked that he do this every day for the next week. The following week came, and they reviewed what the young man recorded. As they reviewed the journal, the young man began seeing steps he needed to take to work through his problem. Over time, and with some guidance from the bishop, he used the journal to study the problem out in his mind. As he wrote and reflected, he saw small spiritual nudges recorded in his journal. From these nudges, he came up with solutions, made decisions, and acted. He saw the hand of the Lord helping him change as he reviewed his journal. He recognized answers to his prayers, confirmation. Recording and reflecting our thoughts is a powerful way to study it out in our minds and recognize spiritual nudges that can help us make decisions we can act on. If we don't record our revelations, how can we remember them, reflect on them, and change because of them? Richard G. Scott <clears throat> said, Inspiration carefully recorded shows God that His communications are sacred to us. Recording will also enhance our ability to recall revelation. Such recordings of direction of the Spirit should be protected from loss. 
The Book of Mormon teaches us to remember, the sacrament prayers teach us to remember, and the prophets teach us to remember the powerful teachings and revelations that have been given us. When we record the inspiration we receive, we can remember the revelation that God sends us. We can protect these experiences from loss. It may be that when these inspirational nudges are recorded and reviewed, we will discover our purpose and over time see answers and confirmation to our prayers and needs. I challenge all of us to get a journal and record our spiritual nudges and review them often. Elder David A. Bednar said, The gradual increase of light radiating from the rising sun is like receiving a message from God, line upon line, precept upon precept. Most frequently, revelation comes in small increments over time and is granted according to our desire, worthiness, and preparation. Such communication from Heavenly Father gradually and gently distills upon our soul as the dews from heaven. This pattern of revelation tends to be more common than rare. Revelation usually comes in little pieces or nudges. For revelation to come to us, we need to create the appropriate environment and build patterns in our lives that will constantly invite the Holy Ghost to be with us. As we do the spiritual work and build patterns, we will see the light of personal revelation slowly coming over the horizon, little by little, until it rises above the horizon and we understand. Each one of us has a unique mission and role to perform. We have been, get, we have been sent here to discover and accomplish that mission. Your Heavenly Father loves you and knows that you can make a difference here and now. But we must be intentional in the directions, in the direction we focus our energies. Satan wants us to be confused with the philosophies of this world and get caught up in the mists of darkness and fall. But we have a prophet that, has, that recently has shared with us how to hold fast and receive the blessings and love of God and not get lost. I challenge all of us to look for patterns of revelation in the teachings of the Savior and start developing our own spiritual patterns so we can hear and see more clearly when the spirit of revelation sends us those subtle nudges. President Russell M. Nelson said, Pray in the name of Jesus Christ about your concerns, your fears, your weaknesses. Yes, the very longings of your heart. And then listen. Write the thoughts that come to your mind. Record your feelings and follow through with actions that you are prompted to take. As you repeat this process day after day, month after month, year after year, you will grow into the principle of revelation. Does God really want to speak to you? Yes. I'm grateful to be here today and able to share my testimony. Personal revelation allows us to better understand ourselves, become more like God, and find purpose so we can stay on the right path. Probably the most important thing we can learn from personal revelation is understanding that Jesus Christ is the Savior, and His role is to help us find and stay on the straight and narrow path to God. Through His restored Church, He has given us the resources needed to develop the underlying knowledge needed to build spiritual patterns that will allow us to be successful. Knowing, understanding, and becoming like the Savior can only be done through revelation. Take the challenge I gave and develop spiritual patterns. Start now. Get a journal, record your feelings and thoughts, 
and review your spiritual nudges so you can become more sensitive and better understand when you receive personal revelation. I'm grateful to all of those that shared their thoughts on the devotional discussion board. Thank you for the many insightful perspectives shared on personal revelation and the spiritual work you are doing to develop patterns for eternal success. I love you. I'm grateful for the gospel and my testimony that it is true. I'm grateful for the Savior and all he has done for us, and I love him with all my heart. I'm grateful God wants to communicate and help all his children, no matter where we are in the path, returning to him. I'm grateful that our Heavenly Father does this through personal revelation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.